Welcome, everybody, back to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Jay Kokorowski here. It's a Thursday night. The NFL season is underway. Corey Clement and the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Atlanta Falcons. And I am here actually not watching that game. I am here just to record a quick preview show. Wisconsin Badgers, number five in the AP pool, taking on the New Mexico Lobos on Saturday morning, 11 a.m. kickoff, BTN. And you guys know where to find all the listings there. So it is a second non-conference game for Wisconsin after a 34-3 victory over Western Kentucky on last Friday night already. It's already been a week almost since the season kicked off for your Wisconsin Badgers. And uh, we'll go through just kind of a preview of the game. We'll break down just some key players for New Mexico, some Wisconsin connections as well on that note. Uh, but first, uh, real big thanks. Uh, the reason why I'm recording this on a Thursday night, we recorded, we tried to record our live Tuesday show and uh, we had some technical difficulties, but I wanted to get a game preview in and I just haven't had time earlier this week. So apologies is dropping on a Thursday night. Probably you guys will probably hear this on Friday morning for most of you guys, but it is a, uh, first off, a big thanks to Brian and Amanda Caravu. Beer Rock, such a great restaurant. We're going to be doing, like I said, every Tuesday, 2911 North Sherman Avenue. And if you're not going to the game, make sure you guys stop by there. Uh, great drinks, Brussels. Their tailgate Beer Rock sounds delicious. If for those who don't know what a Beer Rock is, it is really just, I mean, it's a meat, it's a meat pastry. And inside that tailgate Beer Rock is actually like brat, sauerkraut, and cheese curds it sounds delicious i had their caramel apple beer rock with the caramel sauce oh my gosh on tuesday night phenomenal so it is a quick plug it is a cheap plug but it is a much deserved plug and it uh, make sure you guys go check out beer rock next tuesday any day really but really next tuesday we'll be having another live show and that's when really the kind of the the, the power, you know, the the mega powers, if you will, for those that have WWE, WWF references, uh, we'll have Bucky's fifth podcast from 7 to 740-ish, and then from 8 to 9, Railbird Central, live with Brian Caribou, Cheesa TV, that will go live stream there from Beer Rock. So you got your best of your Badgers, you got your best of your Packers, come on down, we'll have some fun next Tuesday. We're going to be starting to get some guests down the road, still working on that. Um, and, and it'll be fun, but, uh, you know, just looking on this, uh, we're not going to really go back on the game that was for Wisconsin, uh, due to time. And also it's already, gosh, it's, you know, it's Thursday. So let's really, you know, before we get, we're gonna have some player interviews, Jake Ferguson, I'll play Garrett Groshek, and I'll also play, uh, some, uh, you know, some t- uh, stuff from Ryan Connolly, the walk on, uh, you know, both Groshek and Conley are former walk-ons now. And you probably saw the article from Jesse Temple. If you have the athletic subscription, uh, Ryan Conley, there's an article about him and his walk-on story. And then uh, we'll play a little bit of audio that we had uh, from him and just talking about New Mexico, what he thinks his strengths are and, and just how uh, the team played so uh, against uh, Western Kentucky. So great talk with him. 
uh, as always, uh, and always someone that gives a you know kind of great feedback and kind of answers just what he sees. And obviously, one of the more underrated players, I think on the team led the team in tackles last year and again five tackles a sack has a downhill burst to get into the backfield and that'll be really interesting against what new mexico could bring with some sort of spread option look some sort of read you know triple option look who knows it's going to be an option based off its offense we'll see what really comes of it so on that note but let's uh before we even do that um Couple things, uh, recruiting wise, right? First off, you know, Isaiah, we news today Isaiah Gibson, the three star defensive lineman from Springfield, Ohio, announced his final three. Wisconsin, Kentucky, and Purdue were all in that last group for him. And it looks like he will decide uh, later this month uh, and based off of his tweet there. Uh, also, Back this past weekend, Kettle Moraine kicker-punter Blake Wilcox verbally committed as a preferred walk-on. He is a five-star punter and kicker according to Cole's Kicking Camp, which is like one of the – it's them and Chris Saylor are the two real main uh, specialist-type camps in the nation, and he's one of the best in, in the nation there. Uh, if you guys go to BadgerBlitz.com, John McNamara's got a tweet out there about him kicking a 51-yard field goal earlier in the high school football season. And, gosh, they're already in, like, their f- almost their fourth week for here in Wisconsin, which is crazy. So that, that that's big there. Um, I guess the big news from what you've heard and, and what we've seen, too, uh, the news of departures, right? We already talked about Dante Carrier-Williams departing last week, 48 hours before kickoff. You or That was announced 48 hours before kickoff. Two more this week. Arrington Farrar, now outside linebacker, didn't get you know more than you know a, a third team type look from what we had seen, uh, you know during fall camp. For the most part, you know, kind of you feel bad just because came in as a highly touted safety, was a safety for a couple of years, transitioned to inside linebacker, and then was bumped out, you know, bumped outside for spring ball and just. You know, great special teamer, just couldn't find a home uh, when it came to that and when it came to on the defense. And it'll be interesting to, you know, you know, hopefully, you know, obviously you wish, wish the best uh, for Arrington. And uh, we don't know the official word of why he left the team, but uh, that was first reported by Zach Heilprin of WOZN, the Wisconsin Sports uh, Sports Zone Network there. And uh, on top of that, then word came down on Wednesday of safety Patrick Johnson leaving the team. Jeff Patricus, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, first reported it for personal reasons, per, and and then what UW confirmed with Bucky's fifth quarter uh, yesterday uh, morning, you know, towards the afternoon, towards the noon hour after player availability, uh, they they got back to us on that. So it is a um, it, that that one is a rough rough one because Johnson, court, you know, and Jim Leonard said this back on August sixteenth, it was really a you saw three safeties in Dakota Dixon, Scott Nelson, and Patrick Johnson separate themselves. This is back what he said back on August 16th, so a couple weeks into fall camp already, that you know those those guys had separated themselves from the safety group, or the rest of the position group, and his departure. And he did not play, I mind you, uh, in the season opener due to the head injury, but also last year he fought back. You know, in the spring he was taking you know reps with the ones because Dixon was out 
for that spring, those spring sessions. But you know, him and Nelson Johnson and Nelson were playing with the first team and he looked solid. And that's after coming back, you know, after a, you know, season ending surgeries, uh, surgery, I should say, uh, when he told Bucky's fifth quarter, uh, in, in dealing with that, uh, and, you know, basically dislocating his shoulder and, uh, requiring you know, if you guys go back and look at Bucky's fifth quarter he had to go through uh, you know 15 weeks of rehab really from uh even more obviously but he said that he couldn't really run for 15 weeks and so he had to fight back and you know you you wish obviously all those players well uh we don't know the official word as to you know the you hear the reports for about you know from Jeff Patricus about the personal reasons and then uh, you know, Dante Carrier-Williams, we still don't know about Patrick Johnson. We don't know the official word about, but you do wish those players well. And, and Paul, Chris addressed that. If you guys go on UW Badgers, uh, YouTube page, you would see Paul, Chris talking with reporters today about what exactly, uh, you know, there's a question from the athletics, Jesse Temple about just the departures and, and if there's any concerns or, you know, evaluating how, you know, what's happened. And, and, you know, Paul gave a response that obviously they still care about the players even after they leave the program and want what's best for them and all, essentially along those lines. So it is, uh, you know, those are just some of the depart, you know, those are the three departures there. And obviously, you know, Brett Connors left the team. Uh, and then offensive lineman Patrick Castle focused on his studies as a biomedical engineer, Sam Brodner running back left the program uh, before, you know, fall camp started. So uh, there's been some attrition with, with the team, but I, I don't think there's anything to, I know I went back and forth with somebody yesterday about that. And I don't think there really is. I mean, there's nothing, stuff like this happens in my opinion. And, and, you know, we'll see what comes of it down the road. Uh, but, uh, it is, uh, you know, Wisconsin will move on and, and now they go and they face on New Mexico again, 11 a.m. kickoff on big 10 network for that matter though. Let's go to some, let's go before we preview New Mexico. Let's just take a look real quick. At, uh, let's play some audio from earlier this week on Tuesday, Jake Ferguson talked with reporters, including myself and, uh, just basically a few of us were just asking him about his performance blocking, uh, among other things. And if even I threw in there, I'm wondering if his brother, Joe, former walk-on and safety that led the team in interceptions tied for the team lead last year. What, uh, if he had a chance to talk to his big brother that way and see what Joe had said. So, uh, without further ado, here is Jake Ferguson on Bucky's fifth podcast. What was that like out there last Friday? Uh, I mean, it was pretty crazy. Uh, just, I mean, all last year sitting on the sideline and then finally getting out to step out there with the guys, it was awesome, and I mean, everyone was really encouraging, and it was, I mean, just to even get my first catch really is awesome, but I mean, all I had to do was run my route and put, put my hands on it. It was a perfect ball, so most of them were, so credits to Alex on that one. A lot of thought going into that first one, just getting the first play kind of out of the way or the nervousness and that from it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was pretty nervous the first play, but um, all week, Coach Turner hit me on uh, really just blocking out the noise, which has been our message almost all year and he kind of showed me a different side where just kind of block out everything around you and just almost act like it's just practice like you're just playing the game and there's no one really watching you and I really took that into heart and kind of focused that and really wanted to focus in on the game so that would be like that so the first couple of plays really felt like there was no one watching it was just us playing almost like practice. I think you said after the game that you had a, a 
good idea that uh, Alex was going to look your way on a couple things. Um, did that did that help going into the game, knowing that you know he was going to he was going to come find you compared to you know just uh, having to go in there suddenly and you know yeah. just run your routes? Definitely. I mean, all through game prep, Alex was texting me middle of the night, all throughout the day. Hey, we can get this. We can get this on this coverage. We can get this with your route if you do a certain thing. And we did it all through practice and. He looked at me in the huddle and he's like, all right, this is it right here. It's going to be, we know exactly what's going to happen. Just run your route. And I mean, it was there multiple times. And I think we prepared for that really well and uh, couldn't have gone any better. How much does it help you and then just the rest of the offense with Alex, you know, being so devoted to looking at that film and, you know, reaching out to you and, you know, keeping that on your mind throughout the whole week? Definitely. I mean, he's here all the time. He's always in the film room. Uh, I could come in here at like, one in the morning, go up to the quarterback's room, and I'd probably find Alex sitting watching film. And I mean, he's texting in a receiver's group chat, letting us know all the coverages, letting us know what's going to be there, what's not going to be there, what we should do on routes. And I think he has a lot of, I wouldn't want to say like a lot of say in our routes, but I mean, he's a good uh, influence on what we're going to do. And he trusts, yeah, yeah. I mean, we if we trust him, it's the ball's probably coming to us. So I mean, we're always pretty. <laughs> How, dif- how difficult was it to sit out last year? Yeah, I mean, it's always difficult. I've, I think I've played on every team, got at least gotten in a game ever since I was a kid, except when I was playing up with my brother. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was rough. But after about a week or two, I realized that I was there to almost just help the defense. And then when I got – when I felt that I was helping the defense enough, I also wanted to focus on my game and kind of just develop as a player – and that really, that year really helped me kind of just get all the technique down and the little details, and that helped me build to where I am today. With the new redshirt rule, would you have been ready to play, do you think, right away last year? Uh, maybe, maybe in like the last couple of minutes of a game, but I don't know. I mean, I didn't, last year I was really raw. I didn't have a lot of technique, and I think spring ball really helped me this year with the, taking the little steps in both. I mean, my routes weren't as good as they were as they are now and my blocking has come a long way I think and so I really liked last year. When it comes to blocking that when Luke went out and I know Xander was out too did it change anything for you in the game looking back on it? Not really I mean coach really hit on just he's like you know what you're doing just throw it in there and I kind of just trusted everything and just threw it in there and it ended up going my way and I kind of I almost started just Usually I don't like blocking. Like in high school, I didn't like blocking. And then this year I'm starting to really embrace it. And I start liking to hit people again. So it's pretty fun. When did you feel that starting to come? When did it kind of click for you? Like you're saying you're starting to like blocking. Like when Spring did that ball. Spring, Spring ball really, really opened my eyes and just kind of made me think about if I take the right steps, I'm usually going to win. If my technique's good, I don't need to be the biggest, strongest guy. If I have the best technique, then I'm going to be fine and I can move guys and win the win the line of scrimmage. So I think Coach really taught me a lot of the technique and learned from the older guys, Foom, uh, Xander, and Penny, and Luke. They all helped me a lot with the technique. So we're going in through indie drills, and they're, I come back from the drill, and they're like, Ferg, you got to do this. You got to take this step. You're not taking big enough step. You're not taking a wide enough step, all this stuff. And I think that really helped all throughout spring ball. When it comes to what have you seen from New Mexico, it looked like they run like a 3-3-5 three, three, type look. What have you seen from you know from New Mexico if you've got a chance to watch some film yet? Yeah, I mean, there's we've been watching a lot of film right now, and I mean, it's not too different from our defense. Um, so even just running against the ones, it's pretty 
there's a lot of the same stuff that we can do and we like that but I mean there's still a lot to look at and still got a lot to put in so I'm really excited. Coaches have said that um, Xander might have a chance to get back either this week or you know coming up soon what do you think getting him back for the would do for the offense if he's able to go out there? Yeah again? I mean Xander's he's huge in the in our uh, game plan and I mean he's a monster out there just we call him the thoroughbred he's just a big monster and just doesn't even look like a tight end just looks like he's something else and just looks like he can hurt people so we like I like having him out there but then there's also the mental side where he's always encouraging people and teaching people and he's kind of like that smile in the offense smile in the huddle that you like to see and it's good to have him back out there so I'm excited to see what he's got did you get any messages from your brother Joe who played here last year anything after the game yeah he called me about he called me before the game and then called me after the game and was like that was sweet like I still can cover you <laughs> like all this stuff and uh yeah I mean he's just basically giving me a little shots but I mean it's also a brotherly love so it's always pretty good and we're back folks on Bucky Smith podcast again make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at B5Q and for me at B5Q. of course you'll get that spiel at the end of the show like I always do because I am a man and a creature of habit for looking at the New Mexico like I promised you guys First off, some injuries for Wisconsin. You heard, uh, you saw there's a tweet from Jason Galloway, Wisconsin State Journal, about the updated injury report. And Xander Neville still technically questionable. So is P.J. Rosowski, the backup kicker. However, Paul Chris mentioned both Isaiah Loudermilk, who's not on the injury list this week, and Neville. are you know He anticipates them going. And so we spoke with Isaiah Loudermilk. And, uh, you know, on, on his recovery and, and whatnot. And he anticipated, he said to us, and if you guys take, go to buckysfifthquarter.com, you'll see that article. He was 100% planning on getting some reps, which is huge for the defense, uh, just because you have a six foot seven, 290 pound registered sophomore with 11 games experience at end, which is more than any of the players right now at those positions uh, in, in real game time, you know, where, where games matter. And so he had 1.5 sacks last year. I think he'll provide a pass rushing pre- uh, ability that maybe you didn't see out of Matt Hankson and Caden Lyles, who I thought played really well in their first game, redshirt freshman first collegiate game for both of them. And they're both starting for Lyles. It's even more impressive with the simple fact that gosh, he, uh, you know, folks, I mean, he was an offensive lineman, uh, you know, back in the spring. And then in the summer he transitions over to, to defensive line. So that speaks a lot to his just ability, his football IQ, and the ability to transition over and make an impact early on. But that will give them, you know, you, got, you see Loudermilk, Henningsen, Lyles, maybe Aaron Vopel. So then you have your four defensive ends that, you know, you're looking to replace. We've it's, I've said it ad nauseum. That defensive line in the past four years has been really underrated with the likes of Chikwe Obashi, Alec James, Connor Sheehy, all greater Milwaukee uh, products, and really setting a big standard for that defensive line that opened up holes for the linebackers the past four seasons. Uh, I think that gives them a really, sol- really solid four players, young players for that matter, but it is better having that red- the redshirt sophomore from Kansas in there. So... That's big news there. Neville getting him back because Luke Benchwell's out. The other kind of inline tight end that they like utilizing. I think, you know, if he's back, I mean, we'll see how much of a, you know, how many reps he does get, how many snaps he gets. But that'll help the, the you know, 
the running game, in my opinion. Uh, I think he's a huge factor there. Uh, I thought Jake Ferguson and Kyle Pennison did a great job, uh, you know, on Friday, uh, especially on the touchdown run by on, uh, by Taylor, the 47-yard one, and also with the 30-yard run where, you know, he, Ferguson's, you know, going down the field and, and Taylor's just following him there. So I think those are two big additions. Um with Patrick Johnson departing and now Reggie Pearson, the true freshman who's in the two deep, at, you know, uh, with strong safety uh, as a second team strong safety. He's out, though, with a left leg injury. That's not a, uh, that safety position is going to be something to watch, especially if there's an injury. You have Eric Burrell, who played some games last, you know, obviously last year, stepped up with injuries, reared their, their head. Uh, but we'll see. What comes of it? I mean, with Johnson now gone from the program, you have to have players like Pearson once he's healthy, Seth Currens, uh, among others, needing to step up. So uh, that'll be a position to watch, especially if they're, like I said, if any injuries do pop up for Jim Leonard in the secondary. Going to, let's see, taking a look. Other other than that, I think other besides Benchwell, Mike Mascalunas, inside linebacker, also out. Uh, and he was a second team line inside linebacker, uh, special teamer, I, th- I believe as well. So, uh, but finally getting to New Mexico, they are one and zero. You know, they defeated FCS opponent Incarnate Word sixty-two to thirty on Saturday. Uh, you know, T- Tavaka uh, Tuioti had a big game. I mean, he led that offense to to get six hundred and eighty yards on ninety-one plays. So that's a lot. Uh, Thirteen to twenty-one for three hundred twenty-seven yards, four touchdowns. Uh, also ran for you know 54 yards on 11 carries with a score himself, uh, but you know in that offense is going to be interesting. It's you know it's kind of an option look. Calvin McGee came from Arizona. He's the offensive coordinator at uh, New Mexico, and you know this was a team that primarily ran triple option a lot during Bob Davies' first six years. This time around, you know the spread look that you know if you go back in their game notes from. Uh, you know, you see three wide receivers usually in that kind of an 11 personnel. Uh, they'll spread them out. McGee came from Arizona, which was Rich Rodriguez's, you know, spread option looks. So it's going to be interesting to see how they marry that those two. And they did apparently a great job uh, against Incarnate Word. I watched, uh, you know, pretty much the first half of that game. And, you know, it was, it was impressive to see just the aerial Attack. They had receptions of 69, 51, 40, 37, 34, 33, and 32 yards. And then, you know, they ran for 342 yards or 300, uh, I think it was 319 yards, I'm sorry, on uh, 4.8 yards per carry. So uh, the one thing uh, with the Wisconsin ties, defensive coordinator for New Mexico, Kevin Cosgrove, former Wisconsin defensive coordinator himself from 95 to 2003. Uh, but they gave up 30 points in 566 yards. Now, two touchdowns were in the fourth quarter and in mop-up time, uh, but the defense does run a 3-3-5 look. Uh, I'm trying to think of anybody else with Wisconsin connections. Ah, yes, Wanakee's uh, Lawrence L.O. Johnson, who's a running back, and then uh, Brookfield's Blake Fairman, an outside linebacker. There are some ties to the state uh, that who play for New Mexico there. So uh, it'll be interesting to really see how they – how, you know, how Wisconsin reacts to another type of, uh, you know, up-tempo type team and, and, and how they'll throw it. Zach Vaughn mentioned to me earlier this week that really they focus on, you know, it's a it's a kind of a team that runs, they're heavy on running, 
they throw some gadgets at you. So you have to make sure that your eyes are right and that you're disciplined. So uh, on that note, let's get to some audio real quick with Ryan Conley. He'll break it down a little more. And also how I really, I asked him, like, how do you prepare for a team early this year, right? This is a team that it, you're really, you know, they're still learning their new offense. It, didn't, it looked like it was running on all cylinders and not a team that was trying to adjust to, you know, some new concepts and whatnot or trying to marry two different offenses together. So uh, it'll be something to watch on that note uh, for, but, you know, he answers that question and a couple other things too. So without further ado, here's Ryan Conley on Bucky's fifth podcast. We got class. Uh, we're here with Ryan. One, one class this semester. One class. one class. And we're here with Ryan Conley. And what class is that? It's law and economics. Is my one class I'll be taking this semester. And yeah. you graduate then in December. Yep. Yep. What's the degree? Um, economics with a math emphasis. Wow. Degree. Yeah. I mean, I was gonna say, uh, mathematically speaking, you guys looked solid on Friday night, thirty-four to three, mm-hmm. and about three hundred five yards of offense. But a lot of that was, you know fourth quarter right 100 yards how did you guys i know like we talked with you after the game but how do you feel after watching some film you know and kind of detailing out what you guys did how do you guys feel you performed on friday right i mean no i think we did well and i think the you know kind of the most um exciting thing is that the things that we didn't do well on is stuff we can easily correct and it's always on us and that's what coach chris said this week is he's like um he's like well we still have to practice you know we, there's still stuff to get better at so um yeah, it was nothing really they did, just kind of stuff we have to fix ourselves, which is always encouraging. And when it comes to, like, the inside linebackers, obviously, how did uh, how did you guys feel? I mean, you had five tackles, TJ had seven, you had the, the sack. Uh, just how did you guys, as a position group, feel that you guys performed? I think we did pretty well. And, um, you know, the thing is, games like that, we're expected to be around the ball. Um, just running to the ball is huge, especially when you got a lot of moving parts. And it's going to be the same way this week in New Mexico, where, you know, guys will be all over the field. And so... Just, you know, seeing the ball and getting the ball would be the biggest thing. When it comes to New Mexico, I was going to ask, like, is watching that little bit of the game that I saw on Saturday look like a little bit more spread out? How would you describe their offense? New Mexico's offense? Yeah, New Mexico, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, definitely they got a guy from Arizona who's come over and kind of um, brought some of the scheme from Arizona. So, But, yeah, like you said, they like to spread it out. They like to use the quarterback as a runner, which um, he's definitely capable of doing. Um, so that's just, you know, whenever you have a quarterback who can run and it's part of a, a run game, it, it always adds another element. From years past, do you always, uh, how do you approach, like, when the new OC comes in? Like, do you guys look at, like, obviously tape of maybe where the OC came from or is it even stuff from back in, like, from last year with New Mexico, which I thought were, they were more option-based? Right. Like, how do you guys incorporate that and how do you guys try to prepare or scheme? Yeah, no, the coaches, they definitely kind of mingle in. Um, a little bit of everything and obviously we have one game to go off of which really isn't that much so stuff definitely harder early in the year you know late in the year you get a good feel of what they're going to be doing but i um, mean yeah we definitely watch you know some old stuff some new stuff or yeah, some old stuff from the old oc and some old stuff from their team last year and just kind of figure out what they we think they'll do with against us and then you know how you know where do you feel like just more, more about yourself how do you feel like you, what your strengths are? Strengths are? We, we've seen you go downhill, like, you know, in attack speed. And then, I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen back in two years ago making the tackles on Mark Leonard Fournette and on the screen pass and back up in Lambeau. Mm-hmm. Where, do you, where do you feel your strengths and your skill sets are? Yeah, it's definitely, you know, going downhill, um, shooting gaps. And, I mean, that's the kind of thing when you face teams that are read option stuff, they're going to um, – it's kind of hard because they're waiting and waiting, so you have to be a little more patient. So that's kind of the battle I've been facing personally, and I know other guys too because they like to go downhill as well. But just kind of – being able to decipher what's going on and be a little patient when the quarterback's holding it so long and then go. 
I, say, I remember you and I talked during fall camp. You said you wanted to be 100% on pretty much every play or throughout every practice. Did you feel like you accomplished that? Yeah, no, I, I think I did a lot better job than I have in years past, just kind of, you know, making sure I was fitting correctly on every play. But, you know, it's always a work in progress as far as that's concerned. Folks, we're back. We'll, you know, we'll do some mailbag. You guys gave me some questions earlier this week that I answered actually at Beer Rock during our live podcast. Again, every Tuesday night through the end of the season, 2911 North Sherman Avenue in Madison. We will have from 7 to 740 a live podcast and live show every week. We're hoping to get that audio fixed, and hopefully we can get that running. So earlier in the week, you guys will have a podcast to listen to to break down the opponent a lot earlier and whatnot too. So I'm excited for that. And again, Railbird Central follows us immediately after. It's a Green Bay Packers podcast. They'll be breaking down the uh, the Chicago Bears Green Bay Packers matchup from Sunday night. And you know, I'm going to try to get. Hopefully, I can get out to Milwaukee to catch the Milwaukee Brewers and, and the San Francisco Giants at one. So hopefully, it's going to be a nice Wisconsin pack day where I can finish up my writing in the morning about the Badgers. Go catch a Brewer game on Sunday afternoon, and then Sunday night you got Green Bay Packers. It's 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 just a perfect marriage right there. You get some Wisconsin sports, and you got all teams very competitive uh, and. And really, I think Wisconsin fans, just as a side tangent, you know, this is kind of the, I'm not going to say golden age necessarily, but it's, it's pretty close. I think for all the sports where you have competitive teams and they're fighting for something and there's hype behind these teams, uh, you can throw in the Milwaukee Bucks there too with, with their new arena and, and what they could do with a new head coach. And of course you have Giannis. On that note, let's go to mailbag, right? Uh, a little bit off that tangent. Uh, you know, we had a great question. If Shaw gets healthy, is there a chance we see 3,000-yard rushers? Do you think it will be the JT show for the second string? Only giving him breaks to stay fresh. I don't think there's going to be 3,000-yard rushers. Maybe two, but the next closest wouldn't be Shaw. I would say it would be Taiwan Deal. I think Chris James and Greg Groshek have their roles. Uh, I think they're more with, with the third downs and and. and and with Groshek, kind of the passing downs, you saw the 43-yard touchdown reception. You'll actually hear with from Garrett Groshek in just a couple of minutes after I answer these questions. And he gives kind of a breakdown of his performance. And he's brutally honest, saying that he thought he, he could have done a lot better. So that's a little bit of a teaser right there. Um, but I really am impressed with, with Taiwan Deal. And I don't know, though, if he'll get 1,000 yards. I'm thinking maybe between six to 800, maybe 900 yards. But it is really, in my opinion, the Jonathan Taylor show. He had 145 yards on 18 carries, two touchdowns, that one fumble, but he did show his explosiveness, and it will be interesting to see who steps up. And I mean, if his fumbling problems do continue, do they turn more to deal? And they did after the you know after he fumbled, you saw Taiwan Deal get the ball a lot, and he averaged you know 53 yards on eight carries, a six and a half over six and a half yard per carry average during on Friday night's game, and I. Yeah, I was very impressed by that, and we've he showed what we saw during fall camp, and that's a player that's physical, but also having the ability to have that speed a little bit, and I'm really intrigued to see where he goes from here. Uh, so, but for three, I really don't see it um, unless something happens, or I, I don't think that the, 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 there is depth at Wisconsin's running back position, but I think it's a different type of depth compared to maybe Monte Ball or yeah, Monte Ball. James White and Melvin Gordon in 2012, you know, I think it's a little bit different compared to, you know, all three could run the ball. I think obviously Chris James can still run the ball. I think Eric Grosje can run the ball, but I think it's Jonathan Taylor and Taiwan Deals, the main ball carriers, and we'll see what happens on third down with the other two. Uh, so thank you for that question. Uh, second one, I thought Pennison would be the go-to tight end this year, 
but Ferguson appeared to be part of the game plan from the start. Is, is this just to get his feet wet against a non-Big Ten conference team or the shape of things to come? Not sure if Penniston was targeted, even targeted at all. So, great question. I don't, it's only a sample size of one game, right, folks? You saw the potential of Jake Ferguson, something that we saw during spring camp, and I thought he was solid in fall, but I really thought Kyle Penniston established himself well during fall camp to those practices that were open to the media. I Again, it is only just one game. I'm wondering if the roles kind of change with Xander being out, uh, Neville out. I mean, he you know, Penniston told us last week, you know, I talked to him that really there's not, you know, he was getting he got used to it because Xander was out. Uh, you know, these, uh, how to, you know, maybe some blocking assignments and whatnot. He had said that, um, you know, with Xander out during the spring and then most of fall camp that, uh, you know, it, he just didn't feel like, you know, he had to do a lot of things out of body is how he put it. So um, I'm wondering with Neville coming back if things change, but uh, we'll see. Uh, but I think Penniston still is the, you know, he's the number two tight end now on the depth chart behind Neville again, but uh, I think there's still things to come. I think he'll still be a pass receiving threat. Ferguson was used, you know, early on in that 11 personnel out of the shotgun. You can see that he was being used as a passing a receiving target for that matter. And he, he responded. I mean, you have to love what he's, what you see out of a redshirt freshman, four catches, 43 yards, all for first down. And two of them were on third downs to move the chains and that all important uh, third down conversion stat line. So um, I think Wisconsin's going to be very lucky with their tight ends. I mean, Troy Fumagalli set a high standard last year in leading the team in receptions. I don't think that's going to be the case for a tight end this year, but uh, Jake Ferguson really, I mean, him and Penniston can step up, and, and Neville I think will make a presence in, in the pass game too. I think those three could duplicate the combined effort of Fumagalli last year and may make an impact. Maybe not the statistic wise, but they'll still be receiving targets depending upon what happens with the wide receivers. Uh, so thank you for those questions. Uh, for that matter, let me, let's play that before we take it home. Let's go and talk. Uh, let's, let's play our conversation with Garrett Groshek here on Bucky's fifth podcast about just, you know, his performance, what happened, what goes into a screen pass, and then also being awarded a scholarship and, and exactly what he did after, which I mind you, uh, is a, is a teaser as well, um, may not be what you thought it would be. So after that, uh, we'll take it home from there, guys. Uh, here's Garrett Groshek on Bucky's fifth podcast. We are here with Garrett Groshek here on Bucky's fifth podcast. And Garrett, 43-yard touchdown uh, off a screen pass. What goes through your head when you when the ball goes into your hands after you know for the reception and then afterwards you know breaking tackles and heading to the end zone? Um, after I catch the ball, I just kind of find the find the blockers and find where the defenders are, and they set it up beautifully. I had receivers blocking, I had everybody blocking, everybody straining to make sure that I had enough space. And after that, it was just just run as fast as you can. <laughs> when it comes, uh, you know. How does that play develop? What was the kind of the, the call and and just you know you, you said everyone's blocking, but what kind of goes into that you know a play like a screen pass? Uh, big thing is timing, timing to start it off, and then spacing, um, finding the right space, and just making it pop where where we have enough space to make make the play. When it comes to obviously you've worked on it. We've seen it during spring ball. We saw it during fall camp where you guys had, you know, you guys are working on routes prior to practice or catching. How has that helped you, you know, those two camps to really, you know, excel and, and go forward and obviously make a play like you did on Friday? It just gives you, uh, just makes you more comfortable as a receiver, you know, catching the ball and everything like that. And 
what to do once you get it. So um, all that's been a part of it too, and just gaining confidence and receiving. When it comes to, and I know we talked about it a little earlier before we started recording, but your hand, uh, how did you work through that? And I saw like a little bit of a you know wrap during camp. Like, well, how did you work back from that? And, and how's it feeling right now? Um, it's feeling good now. Um, just had to adapt, really. Um, people would ask me how, if it's tough. I, I always tell them Foom did it with nine. So, um, although he had a thumb, but it was it's just something that you had to adapt to. Um, pay more attention to watching it in and things like that. So it was just kind of go with it. When it comes to that running back room, you know, there's Jonathan, there's yourself, Chris James, Taiwan Deal, uh, and others. How are, in terms of, uh, there's so many backs that can do stuff. Uh, how, how do you feel the versatility works, especially with, you know, you know what Jonathan has been able to do, but what do you see out of yourself and Taiwan and, and Chris? And you guys are all listed as like, you know, the second team running backs. But how do you guys feel your versatility helps this team? Um, we're just we're just here to I mean help JT and we're really trying to attack this whole season as a group. Um, each of us is a little bit different. Um, Taiwan's a big dude; it's tough to tackle. Um, I'm gonna do most of my stuff in the passing game and and whatnot. And um, Chris is quick and powerful, so I think between the three of us, we really complement JT well. How did you see? yourself going back on film how do you feel you felt I mean obviously you had the big touchdown but how do you think you did those passing situations among others uh, on Friday um, could have played a lot better um, I had some missed assignments and things like that um, that the screen kind of overshadows but um, me and coach settle and the guys in the room know that I could have played a lot better and helped the team out a little bit a lot more looking forward New Mexico have you guys had a chance to look at a lot of the film, and what do you see from that defense? Um, yeah, we've watched we've watched the film a little bit. Um, watched their game last week. Um, it was a little tough because they were playing a pretty much spread team, so it was a little tougher to get a formations-based thing. But they've got some older guys, so they, they're coming in here with a lot of experience and a lot of game reps. And, I mean, that's just going to help them out, and they'll, we're going to try to catch them and, places where they're not but it's going to be tough because they're so experienced now recently we, we saw too you're no longer you're a former walk-on uh how was when did you get the notice that you were going to be put on scholarship and just what were some of the first things that you did at thereafter uh it was um the middle of june i think coach chris called me tyler johnson and jason urban down to um the front of the room in the team meeting and just told us that we we're all put on scholarship and then um, then we had meetings after, so I, I mean, I had to go to meetings and class and things, and then I was able to um, call my called my dad first, and then I called my mom. And the, I mean, obviously they were both ecstatic to hear it. Uh, being oh, part of that walk-on tradition, we know about it here. What does it mean to be a part of it, and, and just the legacy of that tradition? You know, for oh, almost 30 years. Uh, it's a real honor to be a part of it. Um, just looking at the guys that have their names down there and stuff, um, you know, like guys like Brady Ewing and Sitchi, Foom, and all those guys, a lot of guys that I had played with um, and got to know, um, Ryan Connolly too. It was really cool to see where you came from, Schobert and all those all those greats that have came and played here. So, uh, My last question, I asked you before we started recording, you're not going to go back to the mullet then? Uh, not now. Not not this season. I don't have enough time to grow it out.
All right, this show turned out to be a lot longer than I thought it was. I was trying to shoot for 20 minutes, but of course I keep talking, so apologies for that. Uh, But thank you guys for listening to the show. Tune in, hopefully right after the game. Owen and I are going to hopefully do a quick podcast before I have to get home for a wedding, uh, just to give you guys inside the peek inside, you know, behind the curtain of my life where after getting player interviews and covering the game, I'll be coming home to watch the kids while my wife goes to a wedding. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, have a great day, Alicia and Josh, by the way, for that note, if you guys do listen. So, uh, but anyways, uh, we'll hopefully get a podcast up there right after the game. Also, Tuesday, next Tuesday night, again, Beer Rock, 2911 North Sherman Avenue. I'm excited. Second show, second live show. We're going to hopefully get some guests down the road, but you know, Tuesday, come on out, say hi, talk some Badgers, get some questions. Uh, if you guys come out, I'll bring books. We can do some trivia, and those that answer the questions correctly will get a free copy of Walk On This Way, the ongoing legacy of the Wisconsin walk-on tradition, so, which can also be found on kcisports.com and Amazon. Uh, don't be shy there, especially with the holidays coming up. Uh, the book's still good, I promise you, even if it, even if it was published two years ago. So uh, on that note... Follow us on Twitter at B5Q. Follow me at Coco K-O-C-O, B5Q. And then Instagram, we got some photos up. Matt Fleming has done a phenomenal job taking those. Uh, be sure to look into that uh, and look at our, uh, the search on Instagram, Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Can't miss us. Then uh, also for this podcast, go to iTunes. Listen there. Go to Google Play. Tune in on the TuneIn app. You know, subscribe to on Google Play and on iTunes. Doesn't cost you a thing. This is free. This is your destination, your free destination for Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, and analysis. And that's what we're here for, right, folks? So make sure you guys do that. Um, you know, and and you know, give us feedback. We want to be the most Badger-centric podcast out there. Uh, we're hoping to get a volleyball one out in the next couple of weeks. I'm talking to uh, you know JB, our one of our volleyball writer, our lead volleyball writer. So hopefully he's in town next week. Him and I can sit down with some of the volleyball team. Uh, hoping to produce that down the road for sure. Um, other than that, folks, just have a great week. Enjoy if you're in Wisconsin. Not raining. Finally. Uh, I feel like my, I have, thankfully I did not have to build nose arc here in South central Wisconsin. Uh, still hoping everyone's doing all right out there, especially with the, you know, the after effects and, and the river is still rising. The lake still rising out there. Just be safe. Uh, everyone. And uh, also for you guys too, that are coming to the game add us on Twitter or Instagram, let us know where you're at. We would love to come by, say hi, t- uh, you know, just uh, take part in and say hi and just talk some Badgers before the game. So I'll be down there around 8, 830 on Saturday morning. So be sure to, st- you know, just let us know where you're at. So on that note, folks, have a great weekend ahead. We'll talk to you guys on Saturday and then hopefully on- see you next Tuesday for more editions of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. <laughs>